I mean, Russell, it's click funnels, click funnels, click funnels, click funnels, click funnels, right? There's, there's nothing else. It's just click funnels, right? And everything has to build click funnels. And then there's your side of things, or I mean, I don't know, know if comparing you to Elon Musk is a fair, a fair uh, analysis, but like your way of doing things, Elon Musk way of doing things, you'll take it. Perfect. All right. There it's like, Hey, I, I see a problem. I, I I'm passionate about it. I'm going to build a business around it. it. Sounds great. And, and you certainly seem to be doing just fine for yourself. Elon Musk obviously is, there's lots of people out there, Gary Vaynerchuk who has, you know, multiple different businesses. How, what, what's the logic or the thought process behind one business, super focused, get it done or multiple businesses. Once you figure something out, why did you choose the route that you did? You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and we have a very exciting guest on the show today. In fact, I got to open this one up. I'm going to bring him on here in just a second. But I got to open uh, this one up with a funny story about this guy. I don't even know if he remembers this. The very first time I ever met him. Actually, you know what? I'm going to bring him on first. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story with, with him here so that uh, we, we can break it down and, and have a good laugh about it. My next guest is... The e-commerce king, he in the ClickFunnels world holds the record for the most amount of products sold in the shortest amount of time. You may know him as the guy that sold millions of dollars worth of flashlights. Russell Brunson talks about him a lot. He sold over $30 million in e-commerce products. His name is Mr. Trey Llewellyn. Trey, man, thanks for coming on Think Different Theory. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks Good. for having me, man. Absolutely, appreciate man. It. I appreciate you making the time to do this. So uh, no studio here today? No studio, man. I'm at the house today. We're chilling out. We're having a good time. Um, I got my brother on the opposite side of this and, uh, you know, just business as usual, just not at the office. We're at the house and, you know, just hanging out, man, just making, making the best of it. I, I love that. Talk to me though. You're in the e-commerce space. So there's all these, there's all these speculations from all these people on Facebook, you know, the, what do they say? The Karens on Facebook that say how, Karen. how, how the, uh, how this is going to affect the economy and how the coronavirus is doing this or that. You are obviously a big player in the e-commerce game. You sold $30 million worth of stuff. How have you seen it affect your stuff? Good, bad? Uh, you know, everything's good so far. Like we're, we're in a couple of businesses that are recession proof, which is pretty nice, or they, they increase during recession. So one of our companies is we sell guns and ammo, guns and uh, ammunition through the nation. And that has increased because of scarcity you know people are like oh man if someone's going to come grab my food i better have a gun so we see we see an increase usually uh during times like this so that's that business has gone up um another business that i have though is like chiropractors so we help out chiropractors but a lot of people don't want to be touched right now so that business is kind of like even keel kind of going down a little bit just because people are like oh, i don't need your service yet right now but once the once it turns around then it's it's big so uh, real estate, we have a real estate company. That one's doing just fine. That's actually growing right now. 
Uh, let's see what else we got going on. We do coaching. So with coaching businesses is rocketing because what's cool with the coaching business is we teach exactly what we're doing right here, right? right. Making money online, um, you know, how to, how to do e-commerce, how to have Zoom calls. It is funny. Is and I, I think I feel like that's the world right now. Is people are adjusting. They're being being forced to get out of their comfort zones. Being forced. Uh, if you if you think about it, it's like the old world of of going paperless, right? Like having companies yeah. go paperless. They're like paperless. How can we not? How can we ever do business doing paperless? And now it's just like, how can we do business not being at the office? That doesn't mean make sense, but it's just a shift. It's all all it is. Like we're still humans. We still interact. We still have conversations. It's just not at the office. It's now on a thing called Zoom, right? It's like the Jetsons happen really fast versus versus old technology. And so that's that's the big changes that are happening. And, and uh, it's great because as Tony Robbins says, at the end of the day, you know, life happens for us, not to us. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes we have to be forced to make those changes. But I, 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 I kid because I think and I feel some of the people that are making these big shifts having layoffs, right? quit uh, uh, getting fired from their job. And even though it's like, dang, this sucks. I think there's a little bit in the back of their minds. That's probably like, you know what? I've been wanting to quit for the last year. I'm glad I'm out of that place. Yeah. Now there's a new opportunity. They're being forced into new opportunities to see what else is out there. And there's companies that are hiring frantically right now because of the workforce that's available. I mean, it's easy to finally hire people. Just a couple months ago, it was super hard yeah. to find quality people willing to work. And now well, there's a lot of people that need work. So yeah. changes are good. Changes are good. For sure. So uh, let, I want to talk a little bit about um, the person who maybe has been negatively impacted by this. Because I think one of the things that I get accused of a lot is being heartless because I pe teach personal responsibility and that, hey, you know, if you don't, if you're not prepared for this, well, it's going to suck for you and tough luck, right? Type, you know, kind of, kind of some tough love there. Um, because that was how I was taught growing up. And that's how I lived my whole life growing up. It was this whole concept of, hey, like, it's not the government's job to take care of you. It's not anybody else's job to take care of you. Like, take care of yourself and, and be prepared. And if times get tough, like, show up and go to work even more. So for, for the people out there that um, are negatively impacted by this or are not in a position like you are or like I am to really capitalize on this well, that are starting from ground zero here. This whole online world is a completely new business to them. What can they do to capitalize on this or where should they be putting their focus and energy to start learning about how to capitalize on something like this? Mm, man, you know, uh, there's some great spots. There's great, there's a ton of opportunity right now uh, to become online. Like online's growing so fast within the last two weeks just because everybody's at home. You know, they're bored and they don't want to uh, be here. You know, the easiest way to get started online is, uh, in, my, in my belief, is Facebook Marketplace. Really? So selling, hmm. selling goods through, through the Facebook Marketplace. Like right now, you got time to clean out your house. You got time to see, you know, what's some stuff that trash in your words uh, would be that, you know, I can get rid of and someone else's treasure. And that's, that's making money online. Like that's kind of like the first steps of kind of what that feels like to interact with a customer through the internet is, uh, as I feel the Facebook marketplace, that gets you a good idea of like, wow, there's, there's people out there that are willing to buy products and you know leave it out leave it out on the on the front porch so you guys don't have to change you know touch each other right right and <laughs> leave cash in the mailbox or venmo me now there's venmo hey when you pick it up just venmo this account 
And it's just an easy way to kind of get the feel of not having to go and buy products, not have to go buy inventory. You already have inventory in your house that you're ready to get rid of. Maybe it's some books, maybe it's a poster, maybe it's a bike. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and get some extra cash coming in. And then that gives you the idea of like, okay, that's pretty seamless. That works pretty well. I see how the transition happens with still communication and people coming to your front door. Now let's take it to the next step, which is selling a product in, you know, nationwide, right? I'm in Missouri. I'm selling to you or someone else who's in Florida or California. How does that work? That's the next kind of step. And I, I'm a big believer in a database of, of people, of prospects that surround you within the niche that you love. So a passion, if you will, something that you're just considerably passionate about where like, if you could get paid to do one thing the rest of your life, what would that be? And usually people, you know, have that answer pretty quickly. Like, man, if I could sit on the beach and get paid to sit on the beach the rest of my life, that'd be greater. Man, if I got paid to read books for the rest of my life, that'd be awesome. If I got, like for me, if I got paid to go and hack funnels uh, every single month and like, you know, study them and, and become educated from them and get paid to do that, that would just be amazing, right? That, that would be an all, like I don't have to be an insurance agent anymore. I don't have to be a mortgage officer. I don't have to go and, uh, you know, peck at a keyboard at an office every single day because now I'm living my passion and getting paid uh, through it. And I'll give you an example of, of two of those that I just mentioned, because those are realities. Those are actually in effect right now. The first one is a good, good guy's name's Brian Johnson. You know about him? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do actually. You're a subscriber or no? No, I'm not, but I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So Brian, Brian gets paid $10 a month uh, from me and I believe 40,000 other people, uh, $10 a month. So that's 400 grand for those guys, math wizards out there, 400 grand a month. So that's 4.8 million a year that he gets paid. And what he does is he reads a business book and then he, uh, he puts cliff notes up. It's about a six page cliff note, but good for him. He actually calls them philosopher notes. Hmm. And I was like, dang, this guy reads a book a week, gets paid 400 grand uh, or a hundred grand. If you think about it, a book to go and read, like I would, I would be totally okay with somebody yeah. <laughs> to go read a book and then tell you how I thought, you know, what, what I thought about it. Like that's what he's built. And so I was like, well, that's his passion. I'm not a really massive, passionable person who, um, you know, is, is going to go read, but I love hacking funnels. So I got the idea from Brian. I said, like, man, if people are willing to pay me to go hack these funnels, that'd be kind of cool. So we started the uh, face or we started the uh, masterclass, which I go out and I am doing this anyways. I'm recording videos on how I go through funnels. I go through the order form, downsell, upsells. And then I put them in a, a member's area. And I'm like, hey, if you want this for 10 bucks a month, I'm going out and hacking these. I'm spending three to 500 bucks a, a month on hacking these funnels. If you want access to them and get to see kind of what I'm seeing and kind of get my uh, narrator narration over it, by all means. And so it took us about, I mean, I've never really launched it, funny enough, but I, I believe we have like around a thousand people wow. paying us 10 bucks, 10 bucks a month right now. And that's, that's 10 grand a month that people are paying me to go in and hack these funnels and in 12 months, that's what $120,000 uh, income yeah. that I receive for doing something that I was already doing and I enjoy to do, right? Yeah. It's my passion. Yeah. So for those people to get kind of full circle now, for the people that are looking to do something different, this is the best opportunity for you because um, you can't see, I got whiteboards, whiteboards all the way down my wall over here. And for someone who's starting out and they're just like staring at a blank whiteboard, that's the best spot you can be at because you have 
limit, like an infinite, right? Of infinite possibilities that are gonna come through the whiteboard that are presented to you as something that you can start today and go and do yeah. versus having a business, right? Having a 50 person company and being like, ah, we can make shifts, but I don't really wanna go start something new. The people who have jobs or got laid off or anything like that, and they're just kind of wondering what, what I do next. You have infinite possibilities, infinite possibilities. Grab a whiteboard, start drawing out what's your passion, what do you love to do, and go do that, right? Yeah. Go do that. Yeah, and I think that that's important to, to realize. And I'd, I'd like you, for you to talk a little bit more about your businesses here in a second because I think that a lot, a lot of people have a, a misconception around um, successful business owners. And like, while, while don't get me wrong, being a successful business owner is awesome and amazing. And it's what we all want to do eventually. Like there's a lot of responsibilities that go with it. And there's a lot of things that really kind of tie your hands. And like you said, you can't, if you've got a 10, 20, 30, 50 person company, just at the drop of a hat, go and just make a pivot decision and go, oh, let's just see if this works. Whereas when you are starting out, when you are young, uh, and I don't mean young in age, but young in your business, you have the ability to pivot quickly and, and change directions if something isn't going well. And I think, honestly, that was one of the things that it took me so, I loved being able to do that. That's what took me so long to actually go and crack multi-six and seven figures, you know, you know, and going beyond that is because it, like I, I did, I loved just jumping around and trying different things. And a lot of people, I don't think realize the, the beauty in that when they're starting out. So, um, Talk to me a little bit about, because it sounds like you have multiple companies. How many companies do you have, actually? Four-ish. There's about five coming into play right now. But four, four right now. So four companies. So what's the logic behind that and how do those come about? How, how Actually, how old are you? Let's bring some context here. How old am I? Uh, I am 33. 33. And when did you start your first of the, these four companies? Oh, I've had other companies. Right, right. Get, the first of these four, though. The ones that were most successful. Um, I started the the one probably seven years ago. It might be eight now. All right. So seven years. Ago. So seven or eight years ago, you start a company, and which one was that? Uh, that was so I was actually selling uh, t-shirts through ILMG, which is I Love My Gun. Uh, and we were selling t-shirts through that, and that's that is all about guns and ammo. And that's so we weren't selling guns and ammo at the time. We we're just selling t-shirts. Okay. So how did you go from there? to now having four different companies? You know, you, you figure out the the systems, right? The methods, the, the the templates, if you will, the foundations of what it is to run a company, who you have to have in place, um, the things that need to be applied and looked at. Uh, and then of course, you know, the SOPs, the system operating procedures and your KPIs, which are key performance indicators. And once you have one company, you kind of get that dialed in. However, I think a lot of us um, go into massive delegation or non-delegation. We'd like to hoard, hoard it all, right? Yeah. We're afraid that someone else can't do the job as good as we can, yeah. right? So for instance, let's just talk podcast for a minute since that's what we're doing. Yeah. So I got a podcast, I record the, I record the audio, and then I'm like, Ugh, I, I, I want to do my own intros. I want to do my own cuts. I know what I needed to take in and take out. I'm going to do my own transcriptions. Versus like giving, maybe giving that over to a virtual assistant right. and being like, oh, they might mess it up. This is like premium. Like I want great quality. I don't, I don't I'm just going to do it. Right. So then now you're taking up uh, your own time to do a low hour task. Right. And, and, and there's a, that's a two way street because when you're starting out, you got to be that task. You can't afford really to go out and pay someone because you're like, I'm not making any income right now. So I got to be the CEO 
and I also got to be the janitor and everybody, every, everybody in between. Yeah. Right. But once you start bringing an income, then my goal is to, what are the tasks that I hate doing? Right. What are the things that does not get me up out of bed? Uh, I hate, you know, doing Excel sheets. I hate being a manager. I hate being a boss. I hate, um, you know, hiring and firing people. Oh, it sucks. So if I can hire for those tasks, then I get to free my mind up, free my energy up and go get to do the tasks that I absolutely love to do, which is mm. kind of like talking to you here today. Right. 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 If I was, if I didn't have any delegation, I'd be not able to be on these calls, not being able to share back and give back the information, but I'd be doing all the tasks that are at different levels of the pay grade. So I started my first, my first kind of, um, limiting belief or breakthrough or epiphany or aha was about seven years ago. And we, on the t-shirts, we were also using Amazon associates, uh, to, to grab some data from our, from our prospects and Amazon associates does not pay worth anything, right? It's all more for the data. There is some money, right? right? We right. make, we make around 40 bucks a week, just to put in perspective, 40 bucks a week. Okay. From Amazon. And, I always had to mow the lawn and I hated like one of my dude, like one of the things I hate doing is mowing the lawn, doing laundry, cleaning the house, doing the dishes, uh, cleaning the pool. Like those are pretty big five tasks that I don't really care to do or man jobs around the house. So, cause it'll break on the lawn mowing thing. I was paying the guy 20, 30 bucks a, a week, I think to mow the lawn. And I was like, man, I, it takes me an hour and a half because I don't want to do it. Right. And all this energy that goes towards not wanting to mow the lawn, why don't I just give them the Amazon cash to pay for the lawn? And I remember taking an Instagram, well, it wasn't Instagram back then, it was probably Facebook. I remember taking a photo and being like, it's pretty nice that Amazon was nice enough to mow my lawn today, right? Amazon paid me to mow my lawn today. And that was the first stage for me to start delegating out tasks hmm. that were lower on the pay scale for me to go out and do, hmm. right? I, I need to be doing a $100 hour job while I'm paying someone to be doing the 25 hour, yeah. hour, hour job. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And it all comes through that, that delegation piece of being willing to delegate. Now I'll put it in, I'll put it in perspective for you. So let's say you do a task and you're like, I do this task so well at hundred percent. No one can do this task uh, at, at the level that I can, cause I'm smart. I right. put in the time, I've educated myself, mentored, blah, 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 hundred percent. Okay, cool. But you got two tasks that you need to go and do, but you can only allow your, yourself to do one of those because you're only one person. So then let's say you hire somebody that can do the task at a 75% level, okay? So they're, so they're negative about 25% of what your level oh, could be. Yeah. Of building a funnel, putting a podcast together, building a website, going out and selling clients, 75%. Now the fun begins is when you hire two of those people. So you got two people at 75%, you're at 100 with those two people, they've now out, outdone you because they're at 150% combined delegation, mm. right? Mm. So where you're at 100% now, I got two employees that are at 75 each and now putting them together at 150. So they're going to outdo me by 50%. And with that, you just start stacking on employees that can outweigh weigh your, um, your high level stuff that, you can, that you're able to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, that actually really does. I've actually never heard anybody explain it in that way. Um, and we've had a lot of people talking about that. How do you decide um, How do you decide which tasks you're going to focus on? Is this like just cash flow related tasks at the beginning or like what? No, no. I mean, I get, I get sucked down the black hole, you know. I, I think everybody does. Uh, 
man, I'm doing tasks that don't make me any money right now. Or you go back and you look at all the tasks that made you money, didn't make you money. You're like, well, why did I, why did I spend time on that? Uh, so I get stuck in that stuff. But at the end of the day, that stuff still needs to get done. Um, so it's usually those tasks that we either eliminate or we delegate, right? And then I get to go do the things that I enjoy. So what I, what I like is, you know, really just taking a step back and seeing what I do enjoy, what I get, what I thrive on, um, what gets me excited. Like those are the tasks that I like to do. Now, frankly, some of those tasks are not really high level tasks. Yeah. Like I still, I still enjoy putting a funnel together. I still enjoy optimizing a funnel, right? I still enjoy going to China and sourcing products and talking to China back and forth. Like I dig that stuff. That's not a CEO level task, right. but I'm passionate about it, right? Like I enjoy, I thrive in that. And that's that's what gets me excited. Like I, I will probably do that for a very, very long time just because of how much I enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm okay to take a pay decrease, if you will, to go do the things that I love and enjoy, yeah. as well as uh, you know allowing the business to prosper uh, by making sure the big tasks are taken care of. Like for me, man, honestly, like I would rather hire CEOs and uh, COOs, chief operating officers, and have them go, you know, run the company while I get to go and tinker and yeah. I get to go do fun stuff like yeah. build funnels and like source product. I'm like, you guys are doing a great job running the running the company here. Like yeah. I'm the chairman, if you will. Like I, I get to come and make decisions. But you guys are great managers. You're, you're great at firing people. You're great at hiring people. You're great at uh, making shifts and making watching KPIs and stuff like that. Like. You guys are doing great. I'm glad yeah. I built this ship for you guys. You can sell this ship. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to go build another one because that's what I enjoy. That's what I love to do. I'm yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's that what, yeah, for sure. Do you think that's what Russell's going to do with uh, ClickFunnels? Do you think he's going to step, step down eventually and become the marketing officer again? Oh, like that's what he's passionate about, you know, at the end of the day, like he's, he's the face he's put his, himself in there. Love the guy to death. Um, I mean, that's what he's, he's, I think he said that stuff in the past where he's like, man, I really don't enjoy being the CEO. Yeah. I enjoy being the marketer, right? I enjoy building funnels. He's kind of like, I, we, we kid, I'm like, dude, we're like brothers, like from different mothers. Like it's crazy how our minds think alike and, uh, and just our demeanor and our, our mannerisms and stuff. It's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, man, like if I was him, you know, it's hard. It is hard being, cause you know, you don't want the company to, to be destroyed. You don't want yeah. the company to take a wrong turn. So I, I feel that he's always going to have his fingers in the chairman. For sure. Spot. I mean, that's what, that's what Tony Robbins told him. Right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Get a CEO, get a COO. And I believe they have those now uh, in place. And you do great at marketing. So go do that. But also steer the ship, if you will. Like help the captain yeah. steer the ship and look for icebergs ahead that he might not see because he's not familiar with the marketplace. But at the end of the day, if you got a COO, a CEO, and a couple other chief financial officers in there, they're going to outweigh Russell's what knowledge, experience, expertise, because they outweigh him yeah. in, in percentages, right? Mm. So that it just goes back to that 150, 100 level. Hmm. What, why did you choose to go and do multiple businesses versus just one? Because you look at someone like, I mean, you're, you're a smart dude. In fact, the first time, <laughs> I, I got to bring up this story. Do you remember the first time we ever met? Oh, the story. We're talking, we, we've, we've, We've given these guys a cliffhanger so far yeah. and they didn't know what the story was. And so they now it's know. here. Do you, do you remember the first time we ever met? Uh, we met with, um, we met because of Joseph, right? Of uh, Joseph? 
or Jose, Jose, right? Jose, Jose, or, or it's actually Josue, yeah. Josue. Yeah, well, Josue, yeah, back at uh, the very first, I want to say it was the very first Funnel Hacking Live and uh, that I went to, which was down, I think it was in Orlando, I think is where it was. I forget, where, okay. I forget where, I, but we go, we sit down at this restaurant, at this restaurant and you're there. And I have, I've never met you before. I have no idea who you are, anything like that. Um, and so we're just sitting down and having a conversation. This is back when Josue and I did Instagram. And so you, being the humble person that you are, were just kind of just letting us chit chat or whatever. And I was, this was what, three, three and a half years ago, probably. So I was this cocky little arrogant person that had grown a couple million followers on Instagram. And so um, I remember you saying like, so what would you do on Instagram if I had like this stuff? And, you know, we were kind of going back and forth and I was like trying to be all cool and like going through and coaching you through exactly how I would do it. And then uh, we get up and we leave and Josue goes, do you know who that was? And I was like, no, I have no idea. It's just a random dude. He goes, that's Trey Llewellyn. I'm like, I, I have no idea who that is. And I remember looking you up and just being like, I'm never going to talk to that man again because I just completely embarrassed myself uh, and acted like this big, huge hotshot. And um, yeah, so that was the first time I ever met you. So I'm, gl I'm glad that you don't remember that too vividly, though. It goes, it goes quick. I remember, I don't, yeah, I remember that sitting down, but I'm glad, I'm glad I was nice. I'm you glad you were nice. You were very nice uh, to the little 21 year old, 22 year old kid there that thought he knew something dude, in this world. Dude, I wish, I wish I was 21 and had the knowledge that you had at that time, you know? Yeah. Like I was selling, I was selling tea, give you, give me an idea. I was selling tea that I was importing. I was importing from Florida and that, that guy in Florida was importing from India and selling what was called Darjeeling tea. And uh, yeah, that business sucked. Like I tried selling tea. I tried, you know, just just working the, working the boots, if you will. And I made no money as a pass through business. I tried it for three years, couldn't get it to float. And dude, I was I was so hungry for a mentor. This is before podcasts, Facebook groups, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, what else was out there? Like books, right? How to, Amazon? Like Amazon books was out, but no one knew how to really search it. Right. And I remember one day, like just calling out to the heavens. I was like give me a mentor. Like I need a mentor. I need someone to, to help guide me, you know, because there wasn't anything to read or, yeah. or, or look at. I didn't know how to find it. If, if that, in that case, and I was in college, right. And I was an engineer. So totally different spheres of these worlds. And the mentor never really came within that, like three years, which is probably why the tea business failed. It didn't really go anywhere. Uh, but I told myself, you know, if there's ever a day that I am successful, that um, I will be the wing to others mm. to build them up, right? Like bring them up. Like, I don't want to be somebody who becomes successful and be like, ah, I'm not telling you my secrets because, well, I'm going to keep all those myself and take them to the grave versus I asked for help yeah. right? in many different ways. And I was begging and I know what that feels like yeah. because I was, I was in that position and it's hard. And so, you know, with you, maybe that day coming to me as a 21 year old and, and had the energy and the, the tenacity and the, the, the ready to go. I'm like, yes, like, dude, I hope the best for you. I hope you go out and make millions. I hope you go become somebody Yeah. because you're so far more advanced than, than I was at 21 because of what's available to you yeah. as a young entrepreneur, you know, like podcasts, Facebook groups, chats, like if, things like this, video yeah. conferencing calls, Yeah. like whoo, it's yeah. changed. It's changed. And it's so great. Is that where your coaching program came out of? is wanting to give back to people? Yep. So so what do, what do you specifically coach? So I coach on what I know. So we never, you know, coach on something that we've never done before. Right. 
So I take, I take, uh, right now we coach on two things, which is starting a business, which is like getting, building a database of 50,000 leads within three months, and then taking that 50,000 people of prospects and then, and then monetizing them, making money from them, selling other people's offers, which are called affiliate offers. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we also have uh, multi-million dollar companies come to us and they say, Hey, we're at, you know, we're doing 3 million, we're doing 5 million, we're doing 10 million a year. How can you come in and help us move the needle? And so we bring them into what's called reactive funnels. Uh, and then reactive funnels shows them how to double their carts and double their conversions. Mm. And so we'll, that's what we teach them there. So both, both of these foundational trainings are pretty much replicas of how we have started our other companies. Yeah. And so well, like I kind of started the call, right? Like the foundations, the mythologies, the, the systems, the psychology behind it, like all that stuff's been built. Then we just, show how we built it and yeah. then you go do it with your passion. That's a, that's what it is. How do you go and f just find 50,000 leads though? And what are these leads for? Is it for physical products? No, so it'd be, it'd be it's always derived around a niche. Okay. So going back, back to your passion, right? Yeah. Like your, my, my passion is marketing. Like I love marketing. That's why I got four companies right. is I'm, I have my marketing hands in four different companies and when I can see this working over here and I add it to this company, which has never seen anything like this before, it creates what Jay Abraham calls an atomic bomb mm. because you, you, you're, you're combining different companies' uh, ideologies together. And this company and other companies in this red ocean have never attached that and makes it explode, which is cool. So going back to the 50,000 people, it's all about their passion. So you know, I'm passionate about gardening. I'm passionate about growing, you know, growing some, uh, you know, apple trees in the background, right? Maybe I'm passionate about that. Maybe I'm passionate about being a truck driver. Maybe I'm passionate about being a mechanic. So what we do is we go out and find a lot of mechanics. We go out and find a lot of gardeners, a lot of people who just enjoy sports, just enjoy truck driving. Those are the people we, we attract and we go out and, and find them using a couple different funnels and we're able to generate leads for around 20 to 30 cents per lead. So to generate a 50,000 person database, uh, whatever that, that comes out to, I think it's about three or five grand is, is all in. And then what we do is we build a follow-up sequence through email and text over 30 days and 60 days to pay not only for those leads, but to also become profitable. Hmm. And then once you have that full circle machine built, it's how much money you want to put in and how much money do you want to get? Yeah. Are, are you just, so it's all passion. It's all passion. Are, are, are you just using like Facebook ads, Google ads? Like, is it paid advertising yep. to acquire them? Is that what that is? It's, there's two, uh, so far we, we have found two ways that work really well. The first way is paid advertising through Facebook. So that's going to cost you, you know, 20, 30 cents a lead. Uh, actually we just got a screenshot yesterday of a guy getting five cent leads. Wow. So he's just loving life right now. Uh, yeah. but I mean, I'm not, that's not typical. Right, typical right, is right. 20. 25 to 30 cents. And the other one is JVs, joint ventureships. So what we'll do is we, in our training, we've shown them because we've done this. This is how we built our database to 1.8 million wow. uh, subscribers. It's a lot of people. Uh, fun fact, real quick, is when you have a, a database of 10 million people and you press send, you reach 3% of the United States. 3%. Wow, that's insane. That cool? That's insane. And so, you've got 10 million? We're at 1.8. Well, oh, sorry, 1.8. That's right, 1.8. You just said. Yeah. And, and, we're and, really close to one percent. And, and, and a a lead is considered an email. 
Name and email. Name and, and email. We'll, we'll also collect phone number on those for outbound, SMS, slide dial, um, you know, little things like that. But how, uh, how are like, you getting that for 20 cents a lead, 30 cents? I mean, you're getting really a lead magnet or what? Or do really I do? Good. You're looking at me with a smile, like, come join my mastermind over here where we'll show you all the secrets. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. That's what people pay the big bucks for. I, I yeah, love that. We're going to teach them. I love that. Okay, so so you've got a coaching program that teaches these things that you're obviously very well versed on. Um, I know you've touched about it on this a little bit, but I do want to kind of dive down this rabbit hole a little bit because I think that there's always so much conflicting information um, on online, right? <laughs> From the coronavirus to politics, to business, to money, to whatever. I mean, you can get every, any side you want, you can find people to back it up, right? And there's the, the Sam Ovens model. I'm sure you know who Sam Ovens is, um, yeah. who is one product or two products, one business, in, out, scale, intense focus, right? And that's kind of, I mean, not, Russell Brunson does it a little bit differently, but I mean, Russell, it's click funnels, click funnels, click funnels, click funnels, click funnels, right? There's there's nothing else, it's just click funnels, right? And everything has to build click funnels. And then there's your side of things, or I mean, I, I don't know, know if comparing you to Elon Musk is a fair, a fair uh, analysis, but like your way of doing things, Elon Musk way of doing things, you'll take it, perfect, all right? There, it's like, hey, I've, I see a problem, I, I'm passionate about it, I'm gonna build a business around it, sounds great. And, and you certainly seem to be doing just fine for yourself. Elon Musk obviously is. There's lots of people out there. Gary Vaynerchuk who has, you know, multiple different businesses. How, what, what's the logic or the thought process behind one business, super focus, get it done, or multiple businesses once you figure something out? Why did you choose the route that you did? Uh, that's a good question. It's been, it's, you know, all my companies are built around relationships. Hmm. Really, you know, when it really comes, when I look back and I look at all my companies, it's all relationships. Uh, the relationship with the coaching is with a partner. Like I have partners in every single business I have. I don't have any any company that I run solely. Interesting. Uh, and partners so with, with actual equity. Uh, so I've never, we've never put in equity to any of any of the four companies. We've always self funded them. Okay. Meaning that the companies self funded. Uh, so no venture capitalists, no. Uh, you know, like I need $50,000 into the company. The way I've looked at companies is if they can't self-fund themselves, then I'm not really comfortable going out and getting a, a, a loan because then I'm just working for that VA, right? That virtual or VC, venture capitalist. And like, I don't want a boss. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. Right. I want to be the boss. So if anything, it's, you know, we'll, we'll put five grand into it and see if we can get it to click. And then once we do, we put the profits back in and take a piece out. But I mean, like your, your, um, your partners though, do they have ownership? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, yes. and so you, you, it's, you go ahead. Split down the middle on all of them, split down the middle on all of them. So right when I had like my coaching split down 50, 50, uh, the real estate one, 50, 50, the, um, the guns 50 50 and the chiropractor it's a there's four partners in that one so it's 25s and how do you go about making decisions if there is a conflicting a conflict of interest actually let, let me let me start let me back up one question further how do you pick a partner that's tough too man that's tough <laughs> too uh you know that i the partners that i've had have been realistically family so my brother is in the guns so that's family uh, real estate is girlfriend. Um, and then the, the, uh, the coaching was kind of a, a 
a, a two-year friend, if you will. So I saw how he, he interacted. We had a lot of conversations. I saw that he was intelligent. I saw his mannerisms, um, you know, how he gets mad or how he makes decisions or how he thinks. Um, and then the fourth one, which would be the chiropractor, we actually met at a Jay Abraham mastermind. And so I got to hear them kind of talk and discuss and think and then like look at their companies and see how they're running their businesses. And that one was the most like not family, no, no history. And it's done really good. We actually hit a million dollars in sales uh, within eight months of wow. being in business. And it was all self-funded. We put, I think each of us put $5,000 in. So it was $20,000 in the bank. And in eight months, we generated over a million dollars wow. in sales. And it is 40 to 50% profitable, uh, wow. which is insane for the profit, profit margins. Uh, so definitely a great company. Um, you know, and that, that, that was more of a learning curve uh, because it was people that, you know, we weren't generally like, we didn't know them right exactly and we kind of jumped all in the bed together and we're like all right let's see how this, let's see how this party goes and there's been there's been some conflicts and there's been some great ups and downs but at the end of the day it, it really comes back to the mission you know hmm. uh, it's not about it's not about the partners it's not about us it's about what we're doing how we're affecting the chiropractic industry and what we're doing for them and that's that's the real alignment at the hmm. end of the day right the arguments or if there's if there's arguments or if there's you know missed decisions then you know what well, we settle them all and but the cool thing is is all the partners are extremely mature all the partners are business oriented hmm. we're looking out for the best interest of the company uh and the best interest for our bank accounts right to make yeah. sure the company stays afloat there's been decisions that i was like man i don't i don't agree with that decision um but you feel it seems that you're like really heavy on that decision so let's go with it like that's how we learn. If we mm. fail, we'll both know that's that's not the way we should have gone. Yeah, if yeah. it succeeds, great learning experience for me because then I'm like, wow, that actually freaking just worked. Yeah. It worked way better than I thought I was going to. So you know what? I'll stick my head in the sand for a little bit. I get it, foot and mouth. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I can go apply those same principles to other companies and then they explode, right? I'll give you a great example right now. I just put a post um, yesterday where partners, Sean and myself, were on a phone call with Luke Jayton. Luke Jayton, I look up to him to do direct mail. I have never done direct mail in any of my companies. Yeah. I've always wanted to, but never done like cold direct mail. I should say that cold direct mail. I've done warm direct mail, but cold direct mail, like send out a postcard and hope something comes back. Right? So, so this is like new territory for both me and the other partners. Right, it's an expensive, it's an expensive test. It's about fifteen to twenty thousand dollar test that we're going to do, which could yield zero return. Yeah. Right. And so, it's like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? The the conversation yesterday was was you know, do we do text messaging along with the postcards, or do we do slide dial, slide broadcast, which is putting you know voicemails into someone's someone's yeah. um, phone? And I think we had a five minute conversation on it. I was like, well, I kind of like texting, but. I'm cool. I'm totally cool with Slido because they hear your voice. You can kind of extend the message and it sounds a little better. And, and the partner was like, yeah, I think, I think that's the way we should go. And we discussed it. We kind of, you know, went back and forth and, and it was, you know, executive decision was done within five minutes. Luke was like, all right, that's the direction we're going. And we, we pushed out. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, we all get on a conference call. We agree, disagree, make a decision and we move, right. We implement. Yeah. This isn't something that we're going to take weeks to decide on. Right. And I, I think at the end of the day, here's the real here's the real um, reason why decisions don't get made is because of ego. 
I think a lot of people yeah. put their ego in front of their business and decision making. And when their ego gets in the way, things fall apart. Yeah, for sure. Bottom line. Bottom line. I think um, something that I've noticed that, and that I'm hearing from you a lot too here, um, I've, I've done about 200 interviews now um, or so, 200 different interviews of people that uh, uh, businesses, which is, uh, you learn a lot um, when doing that. And particularly in this, and I think this is actually something that I struggle with now, um, not as much as I used to, but still definitely a struggle, is I think people get emotionally tied to their businesses. And not emotionally tied. And I mean, obviously like emotionally tied, you want it to be successful, but like you're talking about like hoarding and you're talking about like, you know, not, not wanting to give up certain tasks because you're a oh, brand or this or that. It's because we're, you know, you're emotionally invested and you want to portray an image, especially I've noticed this, especially in the digital, um, uh, anything where, where there's a, like a front facing personal brand side of things in it, you get, you get really protective of like how people perceive you because it's, you know, it feels personal if they're attacking it and things like that. And it sounds like to me that you've done a very good job of like removing your personal emotion from the business. And while obviously you're emotionally invested and wanted to succeed, you're a very like data-based person. You just look at the numbers and you look exactly what that is. How did you become that way? Or, um, what advice would you give to people that are like, betray like, it's my bit. It's my baby, right? Like, um, but but it's my name. It's my it's my brand. It's my this. It's my that. Like, and they're so per they get so protective of it. And I think I think the underlying fear is is that hey, if I mess up, somebody's not gonna like me, and then they are never gonna return as a customer, and then that's gonna ruin my brand forever, and then I'm never gonna be able to recover from it, right? I think that's the underlying fear for a lot of people. How did you get over that, or did you ever deal with that? So on to the first question. That yeah, you had. I think there's two. That's yeah, a two -part that's question. two two part question. First sure. part. The first part was, uh, you know, math. Uh, how do you study your numbers? Yeah. Right. Like I got, I don't have big goals. Like my goals aren't to be a hundred million dollar earner or, you know, to make a billion dollars. Like I just want to be comfortable and then help the world. Like that's mm. it. That's what I want. And as long as I got that, then I'm good to go. Right. I don't have those big, like massive, crazy desires, at least not yet. Yeah. yeah. But it's just not something to like, dude, I want to go live life. Like I want to go be a CEO of my own world. Right. <laughs> and there's more to just, you know, hustling on the keyboard. Um, so that it, it stem, it's the problem solving stems from my engineering degree. So mm. I was going to be, I was going to become an electrical engineer before that I was going to become a computer science nerd. Well, and I knew, I knew, how, I knew how to program in like C sharp, C plus plus what's up my, my nerds out there, you know what I'm talking about. And then, um, I was not smart enough actually to, pretty much do algorithms. So algorithms became too complex for me. And that's kind of where my brain went, er, like, I don't know how to do any of that. So I shifted over to electrical engineering and I could pretty much do most of that. I had a lot of help with some friends, really smart friends to get me through college. And I graduated, went to go work for an engineering firm and, you know, do that thing. But I realized it wasn't for me, which is great. But what college, what engineering college did for me is more than anything it showed me how to problem solve. Hmm. And so they wired me for five years, how to effectively problem solve. And I made a post about this the other night is entrepreneurs. We are gifted in the way where we receive problems every single day at all types of different levels. So when you reach your first thousand dollars in sales, your first 10, your first hundred, your first million, there are different problems that arise at those levels, just, just happens. And as an entrepreneur, you have to become a problem solver. Your job is to find solutions. 
to the problems that you create. Yeah. Because as entrepreneurs, we're really, really good at creating problems. Really good at it. Like, hey, I don't want to delegate. That's a problem. Yeah. Hey, we got too much business right now. We can't fulfill. That's a problem. Hey, we have 15,000 phone calls coming in right now that we have four people to answer. <laughs> That's a problem. So, you know, we've, we've handled those, right? And you can either, I call it skeletons. Uh, Carl White gave me this. He's a mentor of mine. And he goes, you know, there's a path to success, right? You start, everybody starts at the same place. We're at the bottom of the ladder, as Jim Rohn would say. We're at the bottom of the ladder, my man. And we, we can see success. You see the other people. You said Elon Musk. Like, dude, that dude's killing it. Killing the game. <laughs> Built PayPal. Like, he's got it going on. So we see the success. So we, we don't really necessarily see the path, but we can see that it's possible. Yeah. Right? Warren Buffett, great man. Like, built a billion-dollar company doing stocks. So, but what, here's what happens. Is we start to go down that path, right? We start to walk that path. And along that path, if you look down at it, there are skeletons laying out at the, at the uh, bottom of that path. And that is where that skeleton is of someone who started where you started and decided to give up, start, decided to stop and die and, and wither right there at that point. And so it's your choice. You have two choices, right? You can say, you know what? This dude knew what he was doing. I'm going to stop right here and become a skeleton and die. Or I'm going to say, not today, Satan, and I'm going to keep going forward. And I'm going to pass that skeleton. I'm going to pass mm. that skeleton. You know what? It's a hill, man. It's a hill. There's there's hard times ahead of that hill. But it's your choice. It is your choice to lay down and be that skeleton at that time and day and give up or keep marching forward. And that's that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to getting better, you know, always educating myself, becoming a, a just hiring, like leveling up, you yeah. know, and getting just passing these skeletons because, dude, there's days and there's there's some weeks sometimes that that skeleton meets me eye to eye and i'm like it'd be so easy to give up right now and go work at starbucks and get a guaranteed paycheck yeah but i don't know about you but i got deliver i got more to deliver to the world than coffee right okay right i got, I got something to give back like i gotta go and, and and deliver my purpose yeah and make sure that i leave a mark on this on this world before i leave can, can we pivot right here for a second and talk about this actually um because i think this sure. is uh, i think this is a so i think different theory we talk about topics that matter right and typically speaking cook funnels world entrepreneurship that's normally where we live but uh, i like to venture off into social issues and kind of things like that i think one of the biggest problems today is that people don't have purpose um, we, we live in a very, very, very comfortable society, right? Where, I mean, a, a national sickness or I'm sorry, sorry, a global sickness is something that like shuts down the entire world. But yet even in the midst of a global sickness that would knock out, you know, millions of people, you know, a couple hundred years ago, I can still pick up my phone and order groceries online and they show up at my door, you know, a 24 hours or less later, right? It's just insane. And so I think that with all of this mass comfort and with everything like that and Netflix and everything like that, people like lose motivation and they lose purpose and they lose meaning. And so when, when I come in and I make statements or, you know, you just made the statement, I've got more to deliver the world than Starbucks. People see that as demeaning a lot of times. And I'm not saying entrepreneurs necessarily, but a lot, I mean, uh, the masses, right? Would be like, well, that, that doesn't make you any better than I am, right? Uh, wh what are you like... I guess I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that. Like how, how does somebody, like you got drive. I've got drive. I don't struggle for drive. I don't wake up in the morning and be like, uh, what am I going to do today? You know what I mean? I'm like, 
Let's go. And even on bad days, I'm like, I know why I'm here. I know that I've got this passion, this purpose. How do you like, how do you train that? Or how do you give that to someone? How, how does somebody really develop that? I don't know if it's a skill or a characteristic or what, but I know it can be learned. So like, how, how does somebody do that? You know, I've, I've put a lot of thought behind that. Uh, you know, finding your purpose, understanding what that purpose is. And I've, I've, you know, had a lot of just quiet time to think about that. Cause that's a big question. A lot of people have. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put it this way. Okay. Is sometimes you have purpose and you didn't even know you had it. Mm. Meaning, you know, like I'll talk about two different people. You got the, the house mom, the mom at home taking care of three kids. Yeah. Right. Her purpose is to make sure those kids grow up and become somebody, yeah. right? Or just to take care of them while dad goes out and saves the world. And he's the one that's saving the world, but he could not save the world without the mom at home making those 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 changes and those things. And, and sometimes I think a, a stay-at-home mom is like, what's my purpose to the world? Like, what am I doing to make big changes and big leaps? But it's a big ripple effect, yeah. you know? And when you go out to a lake, a still lake, and you take a really small pebble, and you toss that bad boy out there. It's a small, it's a very small pebble. There wasn't much energy that you just, you know, displayed to throw that pebble. But what's interesting is to watch that ripple mm. go through the entire, like just watch it rhythm through the, the entire lake. Like the whole thing, man. Like you just covered with the one little pebble, the whole lake. You know how long it would take you just to run around the whole lake and cover the same area and distance that, it, that, that ripple just created? And so I feel that moms at home that need to know that you're part of that ripple. Right. You're part of that marble going into to the lake just as much as me, just as much as me going out and being ambitious, being like, go, you know, go, go, go hard. And the other person I want to talk about is I thought about like my grandmother. Right. And like she's in a nursing home right now. She's on her final days. Like she's kind of in and out. Like it's kind of crazy. But uh, but I'm always like, what was her purpose? Like, God, what was the point of her being here? Hmm. Right. What is she, what? Why? Why was she here? And here's my answer, man, is without her, there'd be no me. Mm. There'd be no me. So her purpose was to make sure I came. Hmm. That's super deep. Yeah. I, and I think that, I think that, um, so are you religious at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a Christian and, um, I had a, a mentor of mine. We did Bible study for every single week for a while. And, um, you need to go to Israel, man. You need I need to go to Israel. I need to go to Israel. Do it this year. Do it this year. All right. After everything settles down, we'll, we'll have to make a trip out there. My girlfriend and I will have to head out. Um, October. We're going in October. October? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk details of that. I'm actually quite serious. If we can make that happen, if the date's lined up, I would totally be down. Yeah, um, it's today. Second time. Dude, change your life, man. I, I, I'm excited about that. Then the yeah. Bible will become real in your hands. Really? The Bible will, will, will become like you will feel the life in the Bible. I went to church before I went to Israel. And I'd like hear the pastor talk. I'm like, I don't know really what the message was about. Today. Right. Like I'd leave. Someone would be like, so what, what, did you, what did you learn today from, from Pastor Greg? I'm like, I don't know. Dude <laughs> came back from Israel. Pastor Greg was like speaking to me. Like it was weird. Mm. Like, so anyways, yeah, we go deep. We can make this whole Bob, a Bible podcast if you want, but you might as well continue. I just want to hit that in there. Okay. Yeah, I got to hit you on the Israel. Okay. We need to, we need to do another episode because I love talking about God and religion and, and, and Bible stuff like that. I had, do you know Nick Dude. Robbins? 
Mm-mm. Nick Rob, oh man, Nick Robbins, a good friend of mine. He's in the agency space um, as well. He, he multi seven figure, super awesome dude. We had him on for a two and a half hour um, podcast about God and religion and stuff like that. Because I'm I'm Christian, Bible believing Christian, and and he is uh, n- not so um, kind of agnostic, believes in source. Anyway, it was, it was a great a great uh, episode. But my point in saying all this was I, I had this mentor of mine, and he came to me and he said, Josh, one of the things that I, I think most people get wrong, and if we really look at and study the Bible, is God does not call us to fulfill our potential. He calls us to live our purpose. We all have the potential to do many, many, many great things. We all have the potential to go out and, you know, you could go out and become the president of the United States if you wanted, but that might not be your purpose. And you've got to really ask, and, and for those of you that aren't religious, you know, you, you might derive that or pull that from somewhere else, but like, or you're ultimately given your goals and your your ambitions and what you want to do with your life and everything like that for a reason. And and that usually centers around your purpose. And one of the things that I have found, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this as well, is how much environment actually shapes where we try to pull this from. And so like when, when I grew up, I grew up homeschooled in a small town and everything like that. And I thought my purpose was to go and have a 5,000 acre farm and everything like that. And then I got out and my perspective completely changed. I started getting around different people and like my, my mind started to change. And then I got around people like Russell and even now, like I'll go and whenever, so I'm, I, I live in Omaha right now and we live about seven hours from, from Denver. And so you know, every now and then my girlfriend and I will just go and we're like, all right, we need to change the scenery just to clear our heads and kind of get a fresh perspective. And we'll just drive to Denver, right? Drive to Colorado, get, get a fresh perspective. And doing that brings so much clarity because it allows you to get out of your normal everyday environment that's really shaping you. And it allows you to get a lot of clarity from a uh, from an objective perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know what you mean. so I'm curious to know, like, how do you decide because you obviously know a lot of people and you said a lot of your company, all of your companies are built on relationships. How do you decide what relationships you're going to really focus on nurturing? It's always the four, man. I always, I got four relationships I need to nurture and it's uh, nurturing with my relationships. So meaning like spouse, family, those relationships. Uh, second one is my relationship with wealth. So mm. I want to make sure everything's applying correctly. Uh, third is going to be with religion. Mm. So I need to have a big, you know, a big relationship with religion. And fourth is fitness. I need to make fitness. sure that I'm a reflection. My body is a reflection of my business mm. and my wealth and my relationships. So it's, you know, it, it stems from Garrett White always, you know, talked about this, talks about the core four. I mean, I stole it from him. So, but that's where he educated me on these four things. I also got it from Bold, which is a Keller Williams uh, group. And what we did was, it's a really cool test you can do on yourself, but you take those four, religion, wealth, uh, relationships, and fitness, and you grade it. You grade it on a level of one to 10, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest, draw a circle, right? And then across. And so you put finance at the, or wealth at the top, relationship at the bottom, uh, religion on the left, and then uh, fitness on the right. And then you, you draw 10 lines and you say, okay, my one to 10. And what you'll notice is you, you'll draw your circle or kind of, it'll be disfigured if you will. And you can see all the room for improvement, all the room for growth and to get yourself to all tens, dude, it takes discipline. Wait, it takes I'm, so, I'm sorry. Work. What do you mean? You draw 10 lines. Uh, okay. So I'll draw it for you right real quick. All right. So 10, so think, think about 10 circles. Right. Okay. So 
like a bullseye. <laughs> oh, right? okay. Got it. Like got a bullseye. Okay. And then each line represents a number, like one, two, all the way to 10. Got it. Okay. And okay. You have a cross in there. Wealth, religion, fitness, relationships. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then you circle the number for each one. And then you fill that circle in, that inner circle in. And then you'll see the room for your growth. And then you'll know what you need to work on. So right now your wealth might be like, dude, I'm good. Like I'm making huh. crap kind of money. Like money, like considered a waterfall, right? And that's a 10. <laughs> but your relationship with your girlfriend might be a two. Man, we just had a big fight last mm -hmm. night. Like it's not good right now. Like things are bad. And that might be a two. And so then once you get that kind of idea of where your life is, you know what to focus on. And the, the biggest thing I can tell you is when you do that is you'll see where you need to focus. And then you'll, you'll start to do this. You'll start to turn and you'll start to focus on those things. And the thing that was a 10 will start to decrease mm, in a year. Yeah. And that's where it takes the work and the discipline. You can't change the things that got you to a 10 on this side while trying to work on these other three. It takes work. It takes discipline to get it all, you know, feeling good. Now, is my circle all 10s? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Dude, I got, I got shifting life shifts, right? Life happens. Things, things go on, right? We, one day it's a 10, next day it's like a three. Like, oh, damn, like something needs to change real quick. Yeah. Right? So it's always just kind of a way to get your pulse on your life. And those four, four things, I think your question was, you know, what relationships do you concentrate on? It's the, those four right there. Yeah. Those are the four. Huh. And I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a story. I know we're running out of time, but I'll give yeah, you a story yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Because, because I need to give it to you. It was, it was given to me as a gift uh, by Alex Sharfin at a, uh, at a private mastermind in Las Vegas. And... I told you, introed me, you introed me earlier as, as you know, we did $30 million in sales on ClickFunnels, blah, blah, blah. And Alex got up and talked and there's about 12 of us in this, this little room. And he, he looks at me straight in the eye and he goes, Trey, you are a $30 million racehorse, but you don't treat yourself like one. Ooh. And I was like, wow, that was big. That's all I said. And I took it from there because at the end of the day, if I went out, dude, if me and you, let's partner up, let's go buy a, a $30 million racehorse. I put 15 million in, you put 15 million in. We got, we got ourselves a $30 million racehorse in the backyard in a barn. Dude, there's no way I'm feeding that thing cookies on a Friday night. There's no way that dude's watching Netflix from six to seven, right? right? That dude is going to meet its trainer at 6 a.m. He's going to be on the track by eight. He's going to be fed well, fed grass-fed grain, like all kinds of like no GMO, no preservatives. Uh, you know, he's going to be educated. I'm going to give him the best of the best because I just spent $30 million Man. on that racehorse. You think I'm going to let him relax? You think I'm going to let him just kind of jot around? Absolutely not, right? Yeah. But then when you, turn, when you turn the perspective, everything changes. Yeah. Because now Dang. I'm the racehorse, right? I'm the racehorse and how am I treating myself? Yeah. What am I doing to be a $30 million racehorse. Yeah. And when you think about that, a lot of things need to change really quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, and that, I mean, you look at any, I mean, I think athletes are a really good example of that. I mean, you look at Tom Brady or LeBron James. I just read, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, LeBron James spends a million and a half dollars a year just on conditioning for his body, just on conditioning for it, yeah. you know? And it's like, when you, when you have that perspective of what it takes to be great, Everything else kind of falls into place uh, in, the, in that scenario. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Okay, I do want to be respectful of your time here. Um, so I'm going to move on to rapid fire questions. We wrap up every interview with some rapid fire questions. But before I do that, I want to ask you really quick, uh, where can people find out more about you? Obviously, you're a very intelligent human being. People want to follow you. 
Where can they learn and follow Trey? Dude, dude, the biggest thing they can do, man, is keep listening to you. Keep mm. keep showing up to these podcasts and you know, listen to what you got going on and and uh, you know, dude, like just just keep giving back to these guys. It's awesome. I appreciate that, man. I really, really do. Thank you. I, I it means a lot. Guys, we're gonna. I'll find his Facebook profile link and I'll link it down below. So if you really want to follow him, you can. <laughs> um, but thank you, Trey. All right, rapid fire questions. We'll wrap it up here and try to make time here. Okay, question number one: um, What's a bucket list item that you have not yet done in your life that you want to do? A bucket list item, uh, dude. I've, I've. That's what sucks is I've sliced a lot of those damn buckets off. And what's something I don't really want to do? Um, you know what? What's something that I really want to do still? is I want to go grab a yacht for seven days with a lot, a couple of friends. Like I want to go and, and grab the yacht and like we go out and we just hang out. Like probably like a pretty nice size one, like a 200 footer Yeah, yeah. is not, not like a 60 foot or yeah, yeah. like a nice one that we can spend the night on and, you know, and, and go dock in Italy. So it'd be, it'd be a yacht cruise through Italy and Greece and things like that. That's, yeah. that's on the bucket list. That, that would be awesome. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, favorite. It would be awesome. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that would be, uh, that would be awesome. Um, uh favorite airline to fly favorite airline to fly well that's absolutely private uh <laughs> yeah well right now with the stocks i'm gonna go put some money on delta so everybody we're, we're flying delta 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 uh yeah i would say i would say those two i mean it's it's great like private like once you fly private it's you can't fly public too much anymore because of just the amenities that you get but but the funny thing about private here's what's hilarious is about private the first time you get on a private jet, you're like, oh, like your ego, right? Your ego comes out and play and you're like, oh, look at this. Look at this private jet. Wait a minute. No one's here to see me on this private jet. Damn. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's, that's something that does happen. You're like, all right, well, in order for them to see me on this private jet, I got to take some Facebook photos. So let me go. Let me go do that real quick and show how cool I am. But ne never, oh, never, ever, I ever taking a Delta photo, right? Like, hey, checking me and, and loading up in Delta. I had lots of Delta. Right, you don't see those photos uh, very often. Yeah, no, that's true. I talked to Kevin so David. Private, private, so flying private is quite lonely. I'll give you that. Right. But it's great for a convenience. Well, I, I talked to Kevin David and he said that he hated flying private because there was no bathroom on the plane and no internet on the plane that he flew on. And he's like, I don't like flying private anymore. And I was like, oh man. Oh, he got the wrong plane. He got the wrong plane. Okay. Um, yeah couple more questions for you if you ever had the chance to go to outer space would you go to outer space uh week long you'd come back yep absolutely all right um what is if you were gonna go splurge on yourself not for business no roi you could drop a quarter million bucks on something a car or a million dollars on a house or something like that you got to go splurge what would you drop a quarter million bucks on Dude, like that's where that's where I'm different. I think in some of these things, I'm not like really material materialistic. I love a nice house, and like I like I got a couple cars. That's about the extent of my splurging. <laughs> where I'm where I'm splurging where I'm splurging is is buying companies, buying companies. You know, not that's a bad where, place. That's really where I'm splurging. Dude, like what changed my mind was uh, the richest man in Babylon. Really? Book. I don't know if you read that. No, but, but is, I have it. Like. That's a dude must read, okay. must read, uh, like today. Okay. Right. So it's, it's a, it, uh, once a month playing on my, on my audible once wow, a month really? at least just to make sure it's ingrained in my brain. It's simple stuff. It's simple principles. It's nothing like outlandish and crazy. And you're like, Holy smokes did I learn something, but it's like, man, I'm a, I'm an idiot if I don't do this. Yeah. And yeah. so it would be, it would be, um, naive of me and foolish 
go out and just splurge versus taking that money and going out and applying it. And I think that's a big problem in society right now as entrepreneurs is we go make that first million or we go make that first three million or five million or whatever, and we go splurge. We're like, yeah. hey, I need to, I need to show people that I made three million dollars. So I go get a a Lamborghini, I go get a um, a mansion, I go grab, you know, I don't know, go clubbing or something like that. Whatever they, whatever people spend their money on, and versus taking that money, investing it back into a plan. Now I'm not saying, you know, don't pay yourself. Right. Like grab grab fifty you percent know, or twenty percent of it and go have fun with it. And do what you got to do and live life right but at the other day like you have to take the money and you and that money those money that money consider that money people you can either take like you just dude you just grant like a hundred people just followed you or a million a million people just decided josh i'm all in buddy and you're like all right what do you guys want to do and they're like i want to work for you josh i want to work for you man i want to make you more money and you're like you know what how about we do this how about 500,000 of you guys, you just go over there and don't worry about me. Don't worry about it. Just, just, just give me a car and I'll let you guys free. And they're like, all right, sweet. Here's a car. Like I'm out. And the other people are like, I don't know. Let's see what we do. And you waste it versus saying all these million people, right? These million people are like, Josh, I'm in, I'm all in, man. What do you need me to do? Yeah. And you're like, Hey, listen, 10% of you guys, a hundred thousand dollars. We're going to go have a lot of fun. We're going to go party. We're going to go get excited. We're going to, we're going to take it to the max, right? For whatever, $100,000. Now, the other 900000 of y'all cool people that are like all in, buying, bought in, you're going to go work for me. Mm. And what I want you to go do is I want you to go re replicate yourself. Mm. So go clone yourself mm. and call me in a year. And then next year, right? We'll you got thing. one point, what would that be? 1.9 million coming yeah. in. And guess what? You take $190,000 out. Okay. And you take that one point, what is that now? 1.7. And you go tell the 1.7 million people to go and do, do work. You guys go do work for a year. And I'm going to party with these 170 people, 170,000 people. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to crank it up, but you guys, you go, you go work, yeah. right? You go get to work. Yeah. You go duplicate yourself. Yeah. Right. And just now the association is dollar bills, yeah. right? That's a million dollars that you can either go and help out have work for you or you can trade it in for a piece of metal with yep. some tires. Yeah, for sure. Up to you. Right? And that's because because dude, success success is great. You know, uh I'm I'm trying to get the quote right, but at the end of the day, you know, becoming becoming successful is hard. Staying successful is harder. Yeah. Yep. And most people don't realize that. Yep. They're like, "Wow, this money came so easy." I can do more of this. And then they, then they go trash it. They, they cash it. And then they're like, Holy smokes. That was, that was my chance. That was your chance. Yep. All right. Last question for you. It's a deep one. We ask it to every single person that comes on the podcast. Fast forward to the end of your life. You're on your deathbed laying there and all your money, success, fame, everything is all gone. But every single person in your life that you have touched or impacted either directly or indirectly, you get to leave them with one final message or word of advice. What is that message? Where are your advice? Uh, let's see. That's probably the advice I'm giving giving people now. Like, you know, at the end of the day, go live go live life. You know, we for as much as we know, we only got one time here. Yeah, and we got one life. Yeah, and it's not worth it's not worth being in pain every day. It's not worth you know like just not enjoying what you're doing, not being happy with yourself. Yeah, you're 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 put here you know for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. Maybe you do. But at the end of the day, you got to enjoy life. Yeah. You can't go through life like, you know, with a sad face or with 
oh, woe is me, you're playing victim. Like you, you, you're writing your own book and yeah. you're the author of every chapter that you write. Yeah. And no one else is going to write those chapters except for you. You have the pen. So it's up to you to go and write those chapters as you wish it come out. And how, my question then would be is how are the chapters coming along so far? Yeah. And if they're not what you want, you need to get a new pen. And if they're great, then keep writing, my friend. I love it. I love it. Trey Llewellyn, everybody. Trey, thank you so much for coming on Think Different Theory. Hey, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different will be the ones that change the world. I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on that you like my stuff and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.